up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 331. Welcome to the show. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts, and I'm here as always with Ron and John. Good to see you guys. We have a, a bit of a, a packed show today. Pretty, uh, pretty timely. We're talking about some new movies coming out today, some in theater, some in streaming, both in streaming in some form. And uh, also going to recap the season of The Book of Boba Fett, which saw its finale come out this Wednesday on Disney+. Plus. Um, did you guys have anything you want to mention at the top of the show before we just jump right into this? Uh, that I can think of. Any, John, anything you think of? I mean, no, nothing that can't wait, I guess. <clears throat> oh, man. We get, <laughs> we're getting them right to the races. This is Ryan, great. Let's Ryan, let's you're up. Oh, well, 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 guys. Uh <laughs> I I saw the Cat Coiro directed movie Marry Me, uh, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. Um, that is coming out on Peacock Day and Date. It's coming out in the theater Friday, coming out on Peacock Friday. And this was an emotional roller coaster. It was crazy. It was fun. And I expected it to be awful. Aaron just didn't like the premise at all. It just seemed like, why would a pop star just point in the crowd at someone with a Marry Me sign, which is the name of this artist single, and and decide to marry this person after being in, uh, finding out right like five minutes before that, that her significant other, who is a very famous Latin artist, cheated on her. So it kind of follows the days and months that follow this berserk uh sort of thing so it, it starts as like a small run like hey let's do this for a month and then it turns into six months and it, it believe it or not man as corny as his premise is it works somehow something about jennifer lopez and owen milson's kind of cool calm uh collected teacher sort of vibe that he has yeah. in this movie it works man it's fun it's a fun fucking movie and if you just kind of relax a little bit it can be really very entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. And I think toward the end, Aaron wound up really enjoying it. She came around on it, huh? Yeah, she came around on it. I, I think I think we're just due for some silliness. And this this delivers in premise and just the dynamic. I, there's something about Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson in this movie that really clicks. I, I wasn't expecting it. I, you know, I'm not huge on Jennifer Lopez or her singing. Or her dancing, uh, but I do acknowledge that she is in and what what many would say goat status in terms of the pop space, you know. And there's right. something about seeing her do the things that she does in this because she allows herself to be a little vulnerable. It works. I don't know. It's it's a fun movie. Fun. I mean, watch. It looks it looks like super shiny. Mm-hmm. and super crisp. The trailers I saw for it looked super. Cr- Every commercial was like, boy, that's like. <laughs> You know, that's like, it just looks so clean and crisp and like, I don't know, I, it does look like it would have to be on the on the yeah. backs of the stars to make a premise like that work. And yeah. I think, you know, uh, I was saying before we started recording that I don't really watch a lot of romantic comedies. I watch, I'm, I'm not averse to romantic plot lines in movies or movies that mm-hmm. are dramatic and have a strong romance in them. I just think the particular genre of romantic comedy, where it yeah. does have sort of boxes that it has to tick. Um, I, I just don't watch those that much. Uh, I do think there's a formula to them. And I think that if you are enjoying one, you're sort of enjoying the way that it plays with the formula. 
you know, you kind of want the people to be somewhat together at the end. And so, you know, that's kind of the destination of the movie. And so you kind of spend the rest of the time trying to figure out how are they going to delay this? Are they going to, you know, what are they going to do? And then it's also, if you said there's something about, and then you mentioned two super charming stars and it's like, okay, at her best, J-Lo can be really great and charming. She's, she's kind of stiff in some movies. And then maybe you could say the same thing about Owen Wilson. And he's been kind of like, you know, like going through the motions in some comedies, but when he really latches onto like a vibe of a, of a, of a character, he usually is super charming and laconic yeah. and laid back. So yeah, I, I could see that working. I did think this looked like one I would have skipped if I didn't have to watch it, <laughs> you know? Um, it's, but it's but, but you said it kind of warmed you up. So I wonder yeah. if it would have done the same thing to me. <clears throat> it's a it's a comic book movie. That's even weirder. It is a graphic novel that got oh, it is. adapted. Into, it, it is one of the best comic book movies I've seen outside of the MCU in quite some time. It, it, it's fucking weird to say that out loud. Marry Me is a graphic novel written by uh, Bobby Crosby. You can find it anywhere. You can be, get it on, uh, you know, wherever digital comics are sold. Marry mm-hmm. Me is a comic book movie starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson that somehow works. Yeah. Okay. Works for Ronald. Who knew? I, no, that's I like a new it, section on the show. Works for Ronald, and then you do that, and works. we have a little graphic yeah. that comes up. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, like, the trailer won me over. I mean, we were talking about it when we got the opportunity to screen it. It was like, who wants to check it out? And we were both yeah. like, I, I kind of want to see it. Yeah. But, um, like, yeah, you, you basically have kind of reaffirmed what I hoped, which was, you know, basically these two pretty charming, charismatic stars can, like, they work in the movie, which is, like, reassuring to hear because, like, yeah, I like... In general, like both of them, especially Owen Wilson, um, and you know, and, and seeing him in a rom com again, uh, and her—I mean, she, they had—they both had runs of like where they yeah, were they in did. a bunch of these kinds of movies, you know. And some of them work incredibly well, um, you know. So it's cool to see them kind of going at it again, and uh, definitely, definitely plan to check that out uh, this weekend for sure. Um, probably on Peacock. I'm not—I don't think I'm going to the theater, but I will definitely watch it if it's available on Peacock. So on the rom-com train, the the second movie that we actually all three of us got to see this week yes. is um, it's going to be on uh, Amazon Prime when this episode comes out on Friday uh, on the 11th. Uh, but this is the new film from Jason Orley, who we talked about briefly kind of earlier on in the pandemic. He had that film on uh, I think it was on Hulu. Was it Hulu? The big, big time adolescence um, with. Uh, uh, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, yeah, which I which I thought was great. Like I, I genuinely like really liked that movie a lot. Um, so it's funny to you know see Pete Davidson have a small role in this movie too. But this is just you know a rom com that stars uh, Jenny Slate and uh, and Charlie uh, Day, who again two people I absolutely love. You know in, yes. in their own worlds and in most of the things that they're in. To me, they're usually the thing that I walk out and be like, wow, he or she were great in that, even if the movie, you know, really wasn't. And um, I think in general, like I'm a huge fan of rom-coms and, you know, and we talked about it recently about some of these Netflix ones, like, you know, Netflix kind of pumps these out and there's some really great ones on that streaming platform because it does feel like there is a bit of a, a void for these kinds of movies anymore in theaters. And like this weekend is kind of an example, you know, you have two fairly large movies that are, you know, have pretty big stars in them that are both going to be available on two different streaming services on the same weekend. 
But um, of the two, I probably was most interested in this mainly because of Jenny and Charlie and Jason Orley again, because I, I thought Big Time Adolescence was great. Uh, but yeah, this this is going to be on Amazon Prime. This is something that I've seen both of them talk about quite a bit on on you know Twitter over the past year. So it's cool to finally see it coming out. Um, what did you guys think of uh, I Want You Back? Let you go first, John, since you just discovered the genre of rom com. <laughs> uh, this is my oblivion. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, John, I, John I, came I, to- I, I think we have. I don't know if we did an episode about rom coms, but I know that we've talked about them enough in the past that we've we've talked about some of our favorites. I have like moments. I think the the apartment is one of my favorites. I, I loved uh, when Harry met Sally for a long time. There were a couple of Woody Allen movies that I ranked as rom coms that I don't know that I would revisit now, but you know I had my right. fun with them. Um, I don't know. I think that there is a lot of room for really interesting comedies that have a romantic thread to them. So when I say that I don't really watch a lot of them, I just mean it's like as a genre, I sort of feel like unless I hear that one's particularly interesting, I'm not that prone to know, like, I don't know, I feel like Matthew McConaughey did a million of them and Kate Hudson. There've just been so many actors who've done so many. And you mentioned uh, Owen Wilson. And it's like, yeah, that you kind of like, but then it seems like then they do these other movies that uh, there's the movies they do that I'm interested in. And then they do these other movies that feel kind of cookie cutter. So yeah, I don't, I don't seek them out, but I don't necessarily avoid them. And I'm not anti-love Ronald. I want to stress that I knew about love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it wasn't, I did not not know about this form. I did not know about the genre <laughs> called romantic comedies until I sat down to watch I Want You Back, starring Charlie Day and uh, Jenny Slate. And I, th- you know, I think that what I said before about believing you could be charmed by the stars and enjoying watching their chemistry, I thought that, I thought that there was a lot of really, I don't know about uh, likable acting in this movie. I just felt like there were. I found myself thinking, what makes one of these movies work? And I was going to say to you guys, what the broader question of what, why do romantic comedies work? Like, why do they work on us when we see the formula coming and we know what they're going to do? But it's exactly that thing of if they can be clever about subverting it and keeping it going. And I think, I think this movie, um, for one thing, it sounds, it sounds almost like a reboot of, uh, or a remake of the movie Addicted to Love. Do you know that movie with Meg Ryan Mm -hmm. and Matthew Matthew Broderick, where they are trying to break up their exes? Um, I think their exes are actually together, though, and so it's a little bit of a different thing, but it's still the same thing of two lovelorn people that can't get over their exes and are working with another lovelorn person to break up their their exes. So I thought it was, you know, I, I don't know. I think when I sat down to watch it, I, it gradually occurred to me that, no, this isn't some, like, remake with a different name. It's actually a... Uh, a new movie, um, you know, I Want You Back, movies named after songs. That's another thing romantic comedies seem to do a lot is just pick a pop song that sounds kind of sweet and name it after that. But um, so it's like, you don't really, you don't get much from that from that premise or from that title necessarily, because there've been some pretty high concept romantic comedies. You just mentioned one, Ronald. Um, so I don't know. I think it's just when you sit down to watch this movie, does it kind of get its hooks in you? And I thought it pretty immediately got me going with this. Uh, there's a couple of breakup scenes that are sort of cut in with each other. And I honestly started feeling it. I, you know, the question, why do romantic comedies work? If they can get you up in your feels, I mean, one way or the other, breakups and makeups, we have strong feelings about them. We have memories about them. We can plug ourselves into these. We know when we would be the, the loser or the winner or whatever of that particular situation. So I thought this movie had a lot of that, a lot of moments that felt real and a lot of character beats that felt like they were at least trying to put a sort of a 
a spin on this kind of thing where there aren't really any bad guys, you know? There's there's yeah. a lot of different people that are caught up in this crazy mess. And I only think it really stretched credulity. There were a couple of points where a character, and, in, in, you know, where the capers get so wacky. There's one thing that uh, Charlie Day's character does about two-thirds of the way into the movie that feels like a major leap in terms of the kind of schemes that they're running um, that I thought, well, I didn't know if I was quite there for it. But I thought the whole premise of what Jenny Slate's character is trying to do uh, ultimately, to 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 mess that relationship up, I thought it was. I thought that was a really funny little plot line. And uh, there's a scene where the, the the women are dancing that I just found hilarious because it's like I don't know. It it I'll just say the threesome plot line was 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 funny to me. So I don't know. I think this movie is full of moments where Jenny Slate and uh, Gina Rod- Rodriguez and even Scott Eastwood and Charlie Day where they just really make it work. Where they really make me go, okay, I find this funny and I find myself. You know, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody at the end of this movie. Yeah. I was kind of, I was yeah. kind of rooting for everybody to escape with their dignity. Um, so, so, so I enjoyed it. I and I thought the way that it played into the formula of a romantic comedy, it does do it, but it does, it has a few turns that I, I wasn't exactly expecting the rhythms of this movie to be what they were. Yeah. So, so it kept me guessing. I guess I would say I thought it was pretty well made. You maybe you guys watch more romantic comedies. Maybe I'd throw to you, Steve, since you may watch more. Um, uh, like, does how does this stack up? Am I right that this is a pretty decent one? <clears throat> yeah, I I do think you're right, and I think it's probably one of the better ones I've seen recently. And I think like mentioning the Netflix crop, it kind of puts some perspective for me because I haven't really seen uh, a whole lot of them recently that have been outside of Netflix. Like there was, you know, the one that was on Hulu. Um, the what was it was more of a like a action adventure rom com. The one with uh. John Cena, the two couples, um, oh, vacation oh, great... friends, vacation buddies, vacation uh... buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, whatever. Like that one was very good. Like I thought yeah, that was great. Really you know? And like that stood out to me. So like there was are the cast these ones too, though, that like really right, made it work. That come yeah. out and they're just like, OK, well, like they're on streaming services, you know, and I think it's because these this genre really maybe doesn't have a place in a theater anymore like these are not the ones that people are going to pay to see in a theater they'd rather maybe watch it in the comfort of their home with their loved ones snacking out you know relaxing at the end of a long day which is exactly what we did to watch this movie you know and it's just like i think in comparison to some of these more recent ones or even like long shot is probably the most recent in a theater one that i thought was like one of the best rom-coms i've seen in a long time which i still think and this one kind of felt like in that ballpark to me. Like, I feel like, you know, it's, it's very well made. The script is great. And I think that what it really does well is like you mentioned just now, John is like what it does. That's a little bit of a twist from a lot of the ones that you see um, that kind of like stand out in your memory is that there really isn't a villain in the movie. You know, there really isn't like the other character that's pulling one of them away from the other or that's being, the, you know, that's distracting the one from seeing what's right in front of their face or, you know, these kinds of tropes that the genre like kind of flexes on a lot. And, you know, not that that hasn't been done before, but I think like when you have a cast as strong as this cast and also to mention Manny Jacinto, you know, mm-hmm. from yes. Good Place, like he's great. They all just they all just work so well together. And I think that they're they're the different kinds of actors that they are, the comedy styles that they all have. Um you know, like I think Charlie Day's like kind of manic rambling uh, really pairs well with the way that Jenny Slate kind of approaches really awkward topics and awkward conversations in the movie. Uh, even with her and like a kid, you know, there's a scene with her and a kid in the car, which is I thought was which I thought that whole sequence was really great. Um, yes. Heartwarming. Too. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like in some in some sequences, in some parts of the movie, it just seems like 
you know, it's thinking about the genre and trying to not be one step ahead of your expectation, but just kind of deviate from it a little bit, you know, try to pull in elements that feel a little more, uh, a little more real and a little more even heightened at times, but like some things in real life feel out of this world when they're happening to you in certain situations, you know, in relationships, you know, some things come out of left field and you're just like, I never expected that to happen. Like, like the scene that you mentioned, like the threesome scene I thought was hilarious or the scene where, you know, Charlie and Scott end up at the house and, you know, uh, the hot tub jump thing. Like I thought, I thought all that stuff was really funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought this movie was really good. I mean, like I actually would definitely recommend it. Uh, especially if you know the people that we're talking about and you like seeing them in more movies because they don't really do a whole lot of films, you know? Um, That's true. Kind of few and far between. I don't know the last one that Jenny did, but um, we talked about her a lot on the show, like back when Obvious Child came out and, you know, things like that. But which is why I'm excited to see Marry Me, you know, because I mean, the two great rom, possibly very good, good rom-coms in one weekend would be very uh, encouraging to me. And it's like, it's just fun watching these movies, I think. And yeah. Um, and I do think even talking about like kind of a, a bit of a, uh, you know, not a twist, but like, you know, subverting what you expect, you know, how these movies to end. I think the way this movie kind of handles the third act felt kind of uh, a little inventive and just different enough to make it not seem like um, you could predict exactly how it ends. You know, like you, you can kind of get along and find the path to where we're going to end with these two characters, but um, getting there felt a little different and the pacing was interesting that like, you know, the way the movie, like the final shot of the movie, I think is kind of fun. And have you seen nightmare alley yet, Steve? I haven't now. Okay. I just, that it, it's funny to see two such different movies that both end and in the, at the exact right moment of lingering yeah. on like a face, having an emotion. It's like yeah. acting is acting is great and great actors are fantastic to watch and getting that yes. moment purely from someone's expression and even well i won't explain more but the even in the context of that is like expressions where we're only seeing part of someone's face we've gotten used to that in life so i feel like that was a little that felt uh, prescient even if it even if they didn't know when they filmed that that would be living in a masked world um yeah but no i I think that um yeah it's it's interesting to hear you say all that i really do think that the mark of a movie like this is do the do the filmmakers seem to have affection for the characters and and you can tell that they did and you also can see like that the actors were bouncing off of each other in ways that felt a little bit more dynamic like you don't really want to see any of the relationships blow up that that get formed in this movie and that's why it's when uh like Gina Rodriguez and 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 Jenny Slate's characters, they don't really like each other at all. But like right. everyone else is sort of more or less okay with each other, you know. But like those two, I I just think it's it's a funny dynamic because it's more about the Gina Rodriguez characters sort of like uptight nature that she would be like, who is this person? You know, that she would just never yeah. accept it. Um, but I don't know. I thought that they answered the question. Like you said, you almost expect it to be this double thing where they're trying to, they're both trying to seduce uh, the other person. And then they very quickly do away with that for a funny reason. And that's kind of a running gag in the movie is like, which one of them seems like a, a more of a shoe in to be a seducer uh, versus the other. Um, and, you know, I thought the age differences were maybe bigger than they were. I looked up people and I was like, okay, there's not as huge of an age difference between Charlie Day and Jenny Slate as I thought, but he, he looks, he looks a little bit older maybe than, than, than he is. And she, she looks a little bit younger than she is, but she's 39 yeah. and he's 45. But I thought that was the only thing that bumped me right at first was it seemed like there was a bit of an age gap there. Um, 
but I, I don't think there's that big of an age gap. And I do think the movie plays into that too, of like the age, particularly his character's age and what he's doing going out and all that stuff. There was a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff with, uh, you know, it's fun to, and it's kind of sad sometimes to have to admit that these actors that you don't really think of as old or middle-aged, that they are now in that spot of, <laughs> you know, if they're in yeah. a movie like this, that's part of their character is that they're, they're kind of aging out of partying. Um, Ronald, you've been pretty quiet, but I've seen some nods. What do you think of uh, I Want You Back? I didn't really like it. I like, I like all the actors, like their chemistry, but the script, there was more rom than com. I didn't laugh once watching the whole movie. Oh, interesting. Like at all. Like I didn't laugh at all. Like I just, I just think that it, it just didn't work for me. But okay. like I said, I think the actors, the chemistry with everybody, like I love Jenny Slate and I love Charlie Day and I, and I want to see them on something else this just just wasn't it for me any particular elements that bumped you all of it it just wasn't a good movie to <laughs> me it just it, it was weird man from the beginning the part that you're talking about to the end i just was like this this is very forgettable to me and it, and, that, and i think because it was pitched as a rom-com and i didn't laugh at all even though okay. i mean because i've seen those scenes before i don't i don't know they're, they're just so Charlie Day and Jenny Slate are two of my Jenny Slate. I, I, Jenny Slate, obvious child ever since then. And when she said fuck on SNL has been one of my favorite people to watch. <laughs> I don't see her in very much. And this was she was great in it. And so was Charlie Day. And I love Scott Eastwood and Gina Rodriguez. Um, but it just it just didn't hit for me. That's fair. So, That's totally. But I do. But I, I totally it's, fine. It's a movie that I would suggest to people that like Jenny Slate or Charlie Day. Like, it's not, they're so good together. Like, it's watching them on, if, if I could have a super cut of just them talking to each other, <laughs> I'd watch that. Like, just to show up them being friends, yeah. plotting on, like, genius. You could tell that, I don't know. Jenny, Jenny's like one of my favorite people. No, and she's and she's kind of amazing. I mean, she's like so good is, at man. like she's twisting. But I mean, and Charlie Day has his delivery style that he's got down pat too. And I yeah. I can see how maybe if you just thought that the like again, like I said, not watching these that often, I I I didn't know if the formulaic beats, if like if they were if they were working more for me because I don't watch them that much, or if this movie was kind of as Steve said, kind of staying a little bit ahead of it. But mm. I did think that the moments that I enjoyed the most were the moments where it felt like they were kind of that where their comic personas were kind of riffing off each other. So I actually yeah, found that stuff kind of it. funny, but it did sort of feel like, as Steve was saying, it gave it was like setting her up to like he's going on rants and she's undercutting him by going like maybe you need to tone it down because she's right. really good at that stuff and he's really good yeah. at that sort of thing so i just enjoyed seeing that but yeah it, if man. it doesn't break any new ground uh for you then it definitely you know it's uh it's you know mileage may vary with any of this stuff so i love them though i love charlie so there's, Day. I there's love a spread i need to see them on screen again together right. i was like this they have to do something again like there has to be something else that Charlie Day does in his world that she's in it or, or vice versa. Like I, I love. Yeah. Maybe there will. Maybe there that will. was not lost upon me how great they were together. So, so like, don't think that because I'm saying I didn't like the movie that I was like, <laughs> I fucking love. I was like, where, where are they at? Where's I, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Gina. Where, where are they at? I need to see them right. more. Yeah. So that's my complaint, man. But it was, you know, you're saying you want to hang out with Jenny Slate and Charlie Day. Yes. I think we yes. all do. Yeah, it's, yes. it's relatable. 
Absolutely. Uh, so so that that yeah again so that's on Amazon Prime today. Two yays, one nay. Check it out. Maybe yeah. if you like the people involved, like Ronald said, even if it doesn't totally work, then there may be something there still for you. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the book of Boba Fett now. Um, we haven't really talked a whole lot about it on the podcast during its no, run, if at all. Um, I think we have. Is this for good now, reason? Um, I think so. <sighs> Man. I think the timing is often strange because... We will have just watched it that day when we record. Yeah, yeah. Here's a little peek behind the curtain, folks. We we record on Wednesdays, and we don't always maybe have a confirmation that we've like usually we plan what the episode is a day or so before that, and so we just haven't added it in. We've had maybe a couple of little conversations of have you guys watched that sort of maybe yeah. maybe I don't yeah. know if we've had those on the show though, but I think at some point really. the word mediocre started getting tossed around, and we all sort of said we'll talk about it when the season wraps up, you know, because whatever you may like or even love about certain elements or episodes of this show, you know, it really is maybe best taken in as a now we see what that was, we see what all seven episodes what right. they were building up to because that's one thing they've started doing with these with these Star Wars shows and the the Marvel shows too are sort of guilty of this of like you got to wait around for the last couple episodes to really see what it's building up to like that they they seem to like that approach of the the sort of all the money shots are in the last episode or two and you know understandably but it does make it a little bit like it, you can't dip out just because you're not feeling something because you are like well I'm interested enough to find out what they're what they have in store and I don't know I have mixed feelings about what they've done with this show overall but I I don't I, I feel like I don't quite identify with the people that are just saying oh it's great it's great it's great and I don't quite identify with the people that are acting like it's absolute trash either um so that's where i am with it and i was really dying to talk to you guys because i think it would be uh, you know awesome to to unpack some of this star wars mess. what's star wars right now what about you ron i don't know man what are totally you totally all over the place totally all, all over, over the place. place like all over the place i think i think that's probably what bothered me the most you know you know how like the, especially the first season of the mandalorian when they said like robert rodriguez did an episode Oh, but this person did an episode. Did you know that this person? It didn't matter. The cool part was it felt very, like, tonally, sure, they went to another place, and that place was a little more heightened because there was more killers there. And, right. you know, man, the Mandalorian had to do more. But overall, tonally, it felt very cohesive, even if it shifted from time to time. This felt like different directors did different episodes because it felt like... It felt like there was progress and then stop. There was progress and then stop. And then the last three, obviously, come on. Some of the best Star Wars TV I've ever seen. But if it cuts the, the season in half, I can't go back and say that I liked the first half because the, se the, the second half was good. Um, but right. overall, I mean... I can't ignore how great the last three episodes were. I cannot ignore it. I cannot ignore how fun as hell they were. Um, so I'm kind of like John is. I'm kind of right in the middle, stuck in the middle with you, John. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Steve, what do you, what do you think? I, I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying in terms of like, you know, it's hard to say the last two, three, I would say maybe like the five and six, definitely. Mm. And, and some of seven for me were like yeah. the better of everything I've seen, but like, yeah, it's hard to kind of 
to kind of like judge that and and not feel like you're separating two different shows almost like you know people joking about like you know it's like the back half of the season is like almost like the mandalorian 2.5 or something you know um which i don't think is really that far off but I think in general, this the show was okay for me. Like I def, I, I guess I'm there with you guys. Like uh, I definitely maybe my little, little less on it because I don't really feel like I've really enjoyed the way the season ended as much as maybe you guys did. Oh, I um, never said I never. I, I I'm not I, one of those people that is particularly fond of the last okay, few okay. episodes of the season either. So, so I'm, you know, my, yeah, my I mean, mixed like bag. My mixed bag. I liked earlier episodes of the season maybe more. Than some of the later ones, but I think okay. that were I think there were moments in all the episodes that that I was interested in. So you know what I mean. It wasn't like at any particular point that I walk away going, "Well, that was terrible." But I often right. I don't think I said that was great either about any any of them. You know, so I don't know. I just feel like, and I mean that's something maybe that's I'm guilty of watching this show is that maybe maybe I, maybe I didn't want a full season of a Boba Fett show. I don't I don't know like. Uh, maybe, maybe I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't want that. I I don't know that I even wanted more, but I don't know. You know, it's like, I'm kind of being told what I want with this, with the, where they're going with the show. And then as I'm watching it, I'm just like, I'm not really into the drawn out story of the in-betweens of Boba, you know, and Boba and Mandalorian, uh, from the original, you know, from where we saw him at, you know, in the original trilogy. And I don't know that I cared a lot about that i mean like it was interesting at points but like i i definitely found myself identifying with like i cared more about this season of this show called boba fett when the mandalorian was involved personally and that's oh, because totally. i feel like the big thing that star wars maybe has done is shot themselves in the foot a little bit and and making or finding so much success with the mandalorian that i feel like it's doing this thing where like it's it's leaning a bit into legacy Star Wars and really kind of banking on this new age of Star Wars. And it's trying to marry those two ideas together, especially at the back end of the season. And and some of that stuff works for me better than the earlier like parts of the season, you know, like um, but I feel like you really do get a sense that like you like they 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 at least where this and the and the mandalorian and maybe even what happens with rosario's show like they really want those shows to kind of be their own little pocket of star wars in some way you know and you know they can crisscross into one another and exist together but when you know you're kind of overshadowing a legacy character so much with the character that's been around for three years like that's I don't know I mean that's a that's a win in some ways for Star Wars and Lucasfilm and Disney and everything but it's also kind of like maybe not the biggest win when like people aren't so high on the the star of the show you know or the t- at least the, the title star of the show. It's so weird. It's like that is this. I was trying to form a sentence. I mean, it's like everything you're saying. There's 19 topics we could unpack from it, you know, and talk about Star Wars is so weird. The fact that this show is the called the book of Boba Fett and it follows two seasons of a show called the Mandalorian and that Mandalorian was a guy who looks like Boba Fett 
but he's not Boba Fett, and we're not doing Boba Fett, we're doing Mandalorian, but then in the second season, we're going to bring in Boba Fett, and we're going to spin that off into a show called Book of Boba Fett, and then we're going to overshadow Boba Fett with the character of the Mandalorian, but we're not giving you Mandalorian season three until the following year, and stuff that happened in this chunk of story from Boba Fett's show felt like Mandalorian stuff that I'd, I'd thought, I mean, I think we all thought maybe they were going to save some of that for Mandalorian season three. Right. It's like, I think we all were happy to see Mandalorian show up. We were happy to see Grogu, but it was this weird thing for me of like, now I really don't know what this show was trying to do. Now, I know people right. have said there's nothing weird about a show devoting a couple of episodes to sort of a, a, a another totally. character. Yeah, like, absolutely. But I'm thinking of like a 10 or, or, or 12 or 13 episode season where you get an episode or two that are like about a character. It, it's not usually where the season's kind of trucking along and it almost feels like when they were planning this show, they got to a point where they were like, we've got to... This is not as interesting as Grogu and Mando. We've got to get them back into the show. It, it it felt just like a weird act of insecurity. I don't doubt that the story, if they had not called the show Book of Boba Fett, I've been debating, like, what could they have called this show? Could they have had a show that was like an anthology show about people wearing Mandalorian armor? You know, could they have done like, could they have caught up with those other Mandalorians from Mandalorian season two and done like a, a couple of two or three episode arcs about these characters? I don't, I'm trying to think of how they could have done it that wouldn't have felt so strange because I'm not trying to suggest that it blew me away and I couldn't follow it. It's just, I don't know what this show was, you know, like I think that's the yeah. overall thing that is so sketchy about what, what Star you said, it, you said it brilliantly, Steve. You didn't know if you wanted a show about Boba Fett. They just kind of told you you did. I felt like we got enough Boba Fett in Mandalorian season two. If he had come in and had like yeah. a couple th a couple episodes every season of that show, that's a great way to handle Boba Fett. I don't blame Tamara Morrison, the actor, and I certainly don't blame uh, 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 Fennec Shand. Uh, you know, that those characters, they could be interesting, but they just did not have... There wasn't really a moment where they got to be like that dynamic or interesting as characters. They were, you know, and then some of the action. I really thought some of the action was embarrassingly bad in a couple yeah. of these episodes. Um, uh, and that was another thing I didn't expect from Star Wars. And I know every time I hear like Star Wars fans defending this show, they're always like, oh, Star Wars has always had bad action. Oh, Star Wars has always had stilted acting. And I'm like, that's <laughs> I, I don't like that way of thinking about something, you know, that's like, I still yeah, yeah, think yeah. this show could rise to the occasion. We've said it a million times. We know what really good television looks like these days. And some some of these, you know, fa franchise extensions, they're, they're, they're cool and fun, but they're not always actually that great as shows and yeah i don't know i mean i have there were there are moments i could point to that were like fun star warsy moments i'm getting kind of sick of tatooine um yeah I, i'm i'm getting kind of sick i'm i'm actually kind of sick of the mandalorian armor at this point you know uh, after after all this i'm i'm still looking forward to mandalorian season 3 and i think that they started off they gave a good this was a good uh, prequel <laughs> to mandalorian season 3 um right and I don't begrudge again. I if we come back to the to the Boba Fett world, uh, I I don't begrudge them for wanting to do that. It's just I had to squint really hard to decide that this show was really about anything because I didn't really care. I wasn't emotionally invested in what Boba Fett's trying to do at all. It seemed like a bunch of criminals that are that are you know it's a criminal underworld of the Star Wars universe. But Star Wars has always had relatively one dimensional villains, so. It's not that interesting. It's not like The Sopranos of Star Wars, which I think is maybe what they were hoping it would feel like, or Deadwood of Star Wars. You know, it's just right, Star right. Wars. It doesn't have that kind of grit, and and 
I don't know, that, that kind of verve to it. I, so I don't know. I felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities to do something truly different. And did you guys feel like occasionally this was like a kiddie show, like the way the dialogue, particularly in Boba Fett and Fennec Shand's scenes, they would just kind of talk in this halting, over-explanatory way to each other that really felt like the show didn't have any faith in, yeah, in the I, audience I, at all. There was something about it that just it felt a little off. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think I think I won't have an opinion fully about this until the next season of Mandalorian starts. I, I, I don't know what this is in comparison to the Mandalorian. So I know I don't like it, but I need to see what Mandalorian is going to be. So I don't know. I don't know. Did, did, did any of those like character additions or anything like that? Like there's a character who shows up towards the end of the season, Cad Bane, that I saw a lot of uh, fans of like the expanded universe stuff that those people, um, those people seem to like seeing that character pop up, but I, but the, but I don't have an association with it. So for me, this was just an, a, this first time I was seeing him and he felt kind of cartoonish uh, for, for the Star Wars, but I'm sure you could point to millions of cartoony Star Wars characters, but I mean, I thought he kind of worked, but the voice was a little over the top. And I think him showing up with that kind of cowboy hat on was, uh, you know, it was almost too on the nose, but it was fun to have that kind of like the promise of a villain showdown. So I don't know. I think some of that was, some of that was fun, but did that character mean anything to you guys when he showed up? No, I didn't really know what he was attached to or I, yeah, I feel yeah. like I, I've seen I've seen the character before, like in articles I've read, like images about like characters that should make it into the Star Wars universe, oh. you know, cinematically. And um, that's my only reference, though. I'm not familiar with. Uh, I guess it was in Rebels or Clone Wars or somewhere in those is where the characters from. But um, no, kind of like a new thing for me watching that, which I thought for it was. Yeah, I, I agree. Like that, this idea of a like a villain showdown type deal was interesting but yeah i don't know like i i just keep coming back like in more and more people i talk to about it like that have seen the finale it it does it, it feels just so lukewarm to me you know it's just so and maybe yeah. it was never meant to be more than that i don't know maybe it's like a placeholder kind of thing while other stuff is you know you know obi-wan is coming out in may and you know there's all the andor apparently is rumored to already get picked up for a second season uh, like these things that are happening, maybe there are other things being built out more that were that are bigger scope that are going to be outside of like what's happening with Mandalorian. Obviously, in terms of timeline, some of them would have to be. But like, you know, I think it, it may have just been like a little bit more of what we think you like. And we'll give you even some of the character that we know you like in this story of a character from, you know, 40 years ago that you know, we thought you wanted more of, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's, just, it's a weird, it feels weird to me that the show is so reliant on, especially in the back half of the show um, on the, on the new characters, you know, um, pretty much across the board on the new characters um, and, and Boba kind of with the exception of like, you know, the, 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 the half, second half of the finale really kind of felt like he was kind of in the background a lot, but um. I, I, b- before we wrap it up, I have one kind of spoilery question. So if you haven't listened at this point, you know that we've spoiled certain things. But there's one thing that they do get to. They do. We do get more Luke. We get more 
uh, uh, de-aged Luke in this season. Um, and I, I, w- I just kind of wondered what you guys thought of, because I came away from that episode being really annoyed by him <laughs> and thinking he was like a weird creep. Uh, and I think the show wanted me to feel that way. I still think there was some something kind of off about the execution of that. But I, I, I do think the show was wanting us to realize that what Luke was proposing was sort of wrongheaded and sort of reminiscent of what the Jedi Order, you know, the whole premise that they that they needed to, the, the old system needed to go. Like Luke yeah. was kind of saying that old shit about like cutting all ties and stuff. And it seems like he would know better than that. I didn't know what you guys thought of the depiction of Luke. And do you think it was deliberate that he came off as kind of a... Like, he's like this weird creep saying, no, I'm the only one who can walk around in the woods with you, Grogu, and say, jump, try to jump. You know, like, I don't know why Mando couldn't be part of that. It felt so strange and weird. And then the way he handled the gift was like the lamest move, or just a, a very uncool move, uh, I should say, um, saying like, yeah, I'll give him the gift that you brought. And then saying, hey, kid, you want this gift? Or do you want this other really cool gift that I got for you? <laughs> yeah, it felt divisive. It felt like he was definitely trying to like jump him into a gang and you know, La Costa Nostra, you know, I just felt very like, I I didn't like that part about it. Although Luke looked physically better in that episode than I had ever seen him look like the when he appeared last season of, of, of Mandalorian. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they did, the, the different, the jump in technology between then and now, but he looked amazing. They hired that, uh, they hired that YouTube deep faker. (laughs) <laughs> no they like, did for real. they did no i know the, the guy who like talk- after they yeah the, the guy who like cruise guy well the guy who after they put the footage um, out he like fixed it to make it look better they hired him oh isn't that the guy yes i can't remember his name i, I was like reading all about it uh yeah i thought the only thing is name? that it was it was eerily still i still think it's the only that's the only thing that was weird about it. Cause even when Mark Hamill does eerily calm Luke, he's still a little bit more lively of an actor than that. But I mean, if, as far as serving the purpose of in a story, do you believe this is a living, breathing person? He's interacting with a little green puppet. So it kind of helps. It's funny that like in the old, uh, in Empire Strikes Back, Mark Hamill being such an emotive actor is what made the Yoda puppet so believable. And now a Yoda puppet is making a CGI Mark Hamill <laughs> feel believable because we believe Grogu exists, you know? So we're like, I guess that's Luke talking to him. Um, but yeah, I think we're meant to see that as deliberate. Uh, as, But yeah. I, I, yeah. Still, I still came away from that episode going like, I, I almost wondering if it was intentional. And I have to say, I'm not that interested in the Ahsoka show uh, maybe something will come up between now and then that'll get me interested but her character it felt like that was i don't know that felt like such a weird appearance i i'll tell you what i loved i loved the part of that when it was mandalorian hanging out with r2d2 and those droids building a temple and mandalorian yeah. was going like are there any is anybody here here that, any humans here, i, I could have believed that that was all we were going to get and i would have thought that really? was a fun little story because it just feels fun to picture him like going like is there anybody that can talk <laughs> you know yeah. yeah um but i don't know i think they're trying to do a lot and i i kind of feel like this reluctance to get away from luke skywalker is maybe the maybe one of the bigger problems of star wars that i thought that mandalorian was supposed to represent that and now they're kind of using him as like a stunt but you could believe they've relatively resolved it. Do you think at the end of this season, it seems to imply we know what Grogu's choice was and that's that? Or do you think we're going to have computer face Luke uh, popping up all the time? I said the decision was made. I don't, I don't know. It's just... I think narratively, yeah, you're supposed to believe that the decision was made. I don't yeah. know that that means they're going to get away from uh, from more Luke Skywalker. Um, I, I, and I do agree, 
just quickly that I, I do, it did feel to me like that was more of an intentional, like put off, you know, in the way that he was approaching uh, his Jedi training and like, you know, his first student and things like that, trying to be so steadfast to like the old Jedi principles. And obviously would, you know, you can, you know, uh, connect the dots in terms of the new trilogy, in terms of how that ended up and ways in which that changed in his efforts. But, um, but distant for the the VFX, like I thought that it looked amazing personally. And I, I felt like you obviously see the limitations of the technology still, like when there's a lot of mouth movement and a lot of dialogue. Like, I think there was a couple like minute markers that I wrote down last week to discuss before we decided to kind of hold off on this, but it was like, moments where like you could just the, the 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 mouth movement just did not match the dialogue like very well at all sure. but you know and that and that's that's a given limitation of even deep fakes you know like of, of these things that they're trying to make happen and you know even some of the carrie fisher stuff and the peter o'toole stuff like it's just um not peter o'toole um who else was that peter, who was oh uh, peter cushing 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 sorry and you know that's consistent there. So I don't know how far off that is, but I think on the whole, this is one of the better ones I feel like I've ever seen in terms of the ability to really kind of like have a stand in actor that kind of sort of looks like Mark Hamill and then have this deep fake of Mark Hamill uh, on top of it. Like I thought it worked really well, especially when there's, especially when there's no dialogue happening, you know, and I would say probably half of the dialogue works. But some of it, especially some of the more close shots, are where you can really see it. And they intentionally stay away from that, which is why there's only a couple times it really stood out to me. Um, there's a lot of over-the-shoulder shots when there's dialogue. There's a lot of blocking when there's dialogue to, 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 to mask that intentionally. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like watching that versus the, the end of season two of Mandalorian, I thought was a pretty big improvement personally. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it definitely that, looked like, better. I, I, it was I so, just... it's so smooth. I still think that when you know an actor's movements and style so much, it's hard. It's like that's I'm you know it's bumping me in that way. But as far as is it an improvement over that? Yes, it definitely got it definitely has gotten better. And that technology has gradually just gotten better in general. You'll still see For moments sure. where it looks really weird, where they're like there's a stunt man who's got a face digitally placed on him, and it looks really funny yeah. if you freeze frame on it. But in general, I think yeah, it's got it's gotten pretty amazing uh, what they can do. It's crazy. So. It's only because I know Mark Hamill's every pore from examining the Star Wars films a thousand times as a kid <laughs> that I, I will never accept computer face Luke. But I, as as a device in a story, can I kind of squint my eyes and go, all right, this is a story and Luke's in it and this is how they chose to do it. Yes, I can do that. Star Wars has always had effects right. that you have to sort of embrace or or not if you're going to right. enjoy it. Um, so cool. So I guess the next time we'll, we'll, we'll see Obi-Wan when it comes out, they announced the yeah. date today when we were recording i think didn't they yes the 25th of may, may i was already today to yeah. say no star wars for a little while and then they announced a date like while i was writing that note down and that's like <laughs> nope, they, they, they heard me they heard my thoughts but you know yeah. i mean i'm still interested because of the cast and the storyline but the picture of on the poster it looks like obi-wan on fucking tatooine so i guess we're gonna get some more tatooine <laughs> i mean honestly i know there are for people some of who it. say i know there are people who say hey star wars has always had tatooine get over it and it's like okay whatever but to me that's a thing that george lucas used to pointedly try to do was like create these new worlds and show you new worlds and right. i think it's been a while since i've seen like a cool new star wars world 
Um, you know, the movies were usually pretty good. Even the sequel trilogy, they were good at throwing some kind of landscape you haven't seen before at you. But that was totally lacking. And I don't expect Boba Fett set on Tatooine to have that. But I just, yeah, I'd like to get away from from that look and that feel. Um, so yeah. we'll have to see. But I'm interested. Ewan McGregor getting a chance to do this character again. I'm that's that's the appeal for me. And that's maybe the, that's even Hay- the sell. Yeah. And maybe even Hayden Christensen getting a chance to kind of try to do something too. I think both of those actors have a have every right. But Ewan McGregor, we have more proof that it's it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be good. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the uh, the recap for for Book of Boba Fett season one. I don't know if there's gonna be a season two. Did it, it didn't say that at the end. I'm so surprised if there is one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll be just more Boba in Mandalorian, probably. Um, cool. Well, I don't really have anything else uh, to mention having seen this week. Uh, did you guys want to mention anything quickly before we wrap up? Nothing I can think of. Okay. John, anything? Just that I finally caught up on the Righteous Gemstones, and Sunday's episode was was a big one. So the way it it's ended, it's a very big one. Yep. Left, left something, uh, I, I really want to see the follow up to if they, if they really did what they seemed to do, that's a major thing that just happened. That show's really, uh, got it's, you know, I, I, you know, when you finally catch up on a show you've been meaning to, um, it, I was able to really give some time to that. And I really think that there's some fantastic comedy acting on that show, but there's also a, a real intensity to it that feels like it goes a little bit beyond what you normally expect from a, from a comedy. So, um, yeah. yeah, like the, just, we'll I would start mentioning, that. We'll, we'll have to recap that once it uh, wraps up, I would start mentioning people, but the whole cast, you just start listing everybody, but really it's like yeah. anybody who, it's one of those shows where when somebody gets in the orbit and gets to do something on that show, they do something interesting, even if it's only for an episode or, you know, a couple scenes or whatever. So like Eric Roberts is great on it. For instance. Cool. Uh, so recapping, marry me in theaters and on Peacock. That's I one. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and two NAs. Uh, uh, I want you back is on Amazon prime. Uh, two yays, one nay. And then, uh, Ronald, book, give of us Fett. Down so we- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, book of Boba Fett just wrapped up on Disney plus. If you haven't checked it out, the, 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 the episodes are, are all up there for you. We're, we're all kind of in this little middle, eh, eh, you know, uh, area for the for that one um cool well that'll do it moviesmovie.com is the website you can go there find a link to all of the podcast platforms we're available on also to our youtube page if you'd like to subscribe if you're watching this video you should just click the subscribe button while you're at it and just make sure you get notified uh, with notification button also turned on for when new episodes come out um I don't know what next week's episode will be yet i don't think we've decided that yet it'll be a little bit of a mystery i guess between now and seven days from now. Um, But we will be back hopefully next week with an episode and uh, we'll talk to you then, I guess you guys have anything else you want to say. We're good to go. All right, cool. Well, as always, (laughs) yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.